0: Hi everyone, I'm Flo and I'm Jesse. Welcome to a very long birthday extravaganza for for the 6th anniversary of the Great War
1: and the one and a half anniversary of Real Time History, the
0: production company that now produces the Great War for all of you people. Yeah, that's true. Um, This is going to be a bit unusual. You can already see that it's unusual by because we're not sitting in the usual set. Because frankly, behind us, behind this wall, is a huge construction site and we tore down the Great War set and we're completely rebuilding it. Pandemic renovations. No better time, right? Yeah. You can already guess that if we do something as dramatic as this, that there's a few changes coming to the Great War. Uh, don't worry, it's here to stay. Um, but we just wanted to give you a transparent, honest update about what's going to happen uh, about how it is to be a history creator on youtube in 2020 Um, spoiler not that nice Uh, about you know some of the things we have lined up for the great war relaunch why is every great war episode sponsored by curiosity stream and nebula all of a sudden Um, what other projects do we have signed up Uh, a sneak peek in how the great war will look like Starting this August, and uh, what other episodes and topics we will cover this year and next year. Um, Why we need your support on Patreon. What is the Great War Channel podcast? All of these exciting questions will be answered uh, in this long rambling video. And if you don't want to watch us um, rambling, you can listen to us rambling. If you, you know, we will also publish the audio version, the audio track of this video as a bonus episode on the podcast. Uh, The link to that is in the video description and then you can listen to it, our soothing voices (laughs) on your commute or whenever you have time for it. Alright, so I guess let's dive in into the last year and a half on the Great War uh, since the Armistice. Uh, You've been here with us now going towards two years. And I think, I mean, behind the scenes, certainly a lot has changed. Uh, we will get into that uh, in just a minute. But, you know, how how do you feel about, you know, coming from basically the Spartacist uprising now to uh, the last of the peace treaties, uh, for now at
1: least? It's been a wild ride uh, that we've all been on together. For me, it was more new, maybe, in a way, than, uh, than for you and for Tony. But... Um, it's been it's been awesome. I mean, before I started uh, on the Great War Channel, I was a trenches and bayonets and Western Front mostly kind of guy, and now I've just been plunged into the post-war chaos. and And this is something that you know we've actually talked about several times uh, when trying to grapple with a particular problem of how do we do this episode, how do we shape this, how do we tell the story. It feels like I've been. in in researching and writing the episodes and trying to make them cohesive for you guys out there, because this is a very messy period, it almost feels like I'm, in an allegorical way, plunged into the sort of chaos of the period. Things are not clear, borders are not clear, timelines are not clear, um, the different factions that are fighting are hard to define sometimes, and so uh, it feels like from my more crystallized interest and understanding of the war, I've now been transferred into the post-war uh, chaos like, like people were a hundred years ago, um, in an intellectual sense, of course. And so that's kind of been a, a big part of the ride, is trying to figure out how do we, you know, make this a cohesive and valuable episode for you guys out there, when the situation on the ground and the situation in the literature is like often all over the place. So it's been challenging, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Without equaling our, (laughs) what's going on behind the scenes to the human human suffering of a hundred years ago, there, I would say there are certain uh, uh, parallels uh, to let's say, a chaotic 2019 and uh, so far 2020 for, you know, myriad of reasons, of course. Um, You know, we've been going, we formed our own production company. We bought you on board uh, in 2019. Now we're here in uh, 2020. And, you know, much like the Great War uh, on the Western Front was a more ordered, Classical uh, uh, ordeal uh, from 2014 to 2018, uh, or 1914 to 1918. YouTube from 2014 to 2018 was also compared to how it's now much more ordered. It seems uh, you know back then we were uh, employees of a co- of a company that you know did the initial financing of the show and who bought indie on board and when the armistice happened and we basically. rather spontaneously decided okay we want to a be our own production company b continue this journey because we kind of started to realize that there's so much interesting things to cover you know it was a very chaotic time for us as well we always we didn't always show that you know in the episodes in in front of the camera and you know i think to a certain degree that's not something that we need to always show but you know rest assured wrestling with german bureaucracy um, you know, establishing new workflows, making this channel work with this new time period, making this show work with, you know, um, quite a bit less budget uh, to, to produce it with a much smaller team, uh, while at the same time also producing these in-depth episodes that we always wanted to produce, um, has been hard. Yeah, there's no way around it. It Has been pretty hard and uh... hard,
1: but rewarding. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of, like of it's
0: it's a nice
1: feeling to you know, for, from my perspective, my role. Once I finish a script, I think back and like, wow, when I started this script, I like was like, how am I gonna you know make this into something that's going to make sense? Yeah. And so uh, it's quite a rewarding thing to to feel the success that we've had in yeah. the past year and a half.
0: Yeah, of course, it it was a. It, it was, and it still is, a success for us. We 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 made it work. We made the Great War profitable, which, by the way, it never really was uh, before that. Uh, you know, without going into too much detail, um, and we all made that um, not because, but despite of YouTube's shenanigans. Uh, so that's like something I ne- I think we we need to go into. So. You know, we, you've seen my previous vi- videos and videos from other history creators about you know this advertising guideline bullshit, and basically how it you, it can boil down to YouTube is still the biggest player by far for on for video platforms out there, but it definitely isn't a welcoming place for like credible, well-researched, well-sourced history content. Um, You know, sure, there is like super popular World War II channels out there, um, but even they all and even the established creators that started working uh, when we did uh, like 2014, 15, whatever, we all had problems with YouTube's bullshit. And it also seems that, you know, even if it's not, you know, strictly spelled out in terms of the advertising guidelines, um, it's quite obvious that interwar period content is not that's like 20 to 30 minutes long is not going to uh, be the next viral hit next to i don't know whatever kind of creators uh, are hip right now i'm holding out hope but like statistically statistically speaking <laughs> it, it seems that uh, that you know this is not going to be like the next viral hit but you know what that's fine like i'm sick and tired of this youtube hamster wheel and we kind of came to the realization in the next few, uh, in the last few months, that we want to make something work for us that we like to work on, that we are proud of, that we can, that we get praise on from academics, from historians, from teachers, from the community out there, that is like credible, well, well-sourced historic content about a period that's rarely covered in other documentaries out there. Certainly not on television. Um, and that we make this work, even though, you know, it won't get on the trending page of YouTube. And, you know, I, I, I also don't, we, we don't want to, you know, we already have to make certain compromises with what we show on YouTube. Like, for example, YouTube doesn't allow, we, we can't show dead bodies, which in a period where still thousands upon thousands of people die every month, 100 years ago, uh, you know, that's a kind of a, there's a kind of chilling effect. You know, I can't show you some of the photos and some of the footage that uh, that there is because YouTube has a, like a blanket ban on these kind of things. And the video would at least get demonetized or, you know, or even, even take, removed. Or yeah. even removed. Yeah. And, you know, that's like a, a economic risk. Um, at the same time, you know, the ad revenue for this kind of content is also, you know, pardon my French, is shit. Always has been. And like, you know, we work, I will talk about this a bit later, we work with other creators now uh, that, you know, do more like other forms of educational content and like with uh, war history and military history in terms of ad revenue, you get get the short end of the stick, you know, even if the videos are monetized. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why this show only ever existed and continues to exist because of your support on Patreon out there. you know, in, in the world where videos need to make millions of views uh, to make, uh, you know, to get the income to the creators and to the hardworking people behind the camera um, and where history content doesn't generate these kind of millions of views for whatever reasons, um, you know, we need to rely on, some, on an outside uh, income source and that's Patreon that's that's about it
1: i mean that's you know it's it's a fun job we get to work with history and with filmmaking these are the things that are our passions and so on but obviously there are kind of you know financial and economic realities out there and the youtube platform is kind of um, has a big impact on those sometimes
0: yeah so youtube is as i said a bit shit (laughs) Um, and the only way the great war you know, has existed f- beyond 2015 uh, when, you know, it was quite clear that the YouTube ad revenue wouldn't be able to finance what we what we produce here. The only way why The Great War exists is Patreon. And, you know, when we switched hosts, uh, when we switched the concept for, you know, less frequent uploads for, you know, a variety of reasons, when we decided we need to make The Great War work with less of a budget we knew that the Patreon numbers would be would go down, and it's it's an understandable thing
1: that it's different for the audience and the war ends in 2018
0: slash 1918. And and there's also this tendency on the internet, which I would call red ribbon syndrome. Is like it's always more exciting to support a new project. Yeah. So like that's like a thing in politics that you always want to be seen cutting the ribbon uh, for publicity. It's not. Maintenance is not so sexy like maintaining a constant high quality production might not be as thrilling on paper or at first glance as you know a, a new kind of project. So we knew and we anticipated that the patreon numbers would go down and uh, they have more or less halved now since we uh, you know from the absolute highs that we had uh, in like the summer of 2018. And we knew that that would happen, and we anticipated that, and the Great War still works as it is now. But I also want to be open and say, like, it can't go much lower as it is now, because then we are getting into the territory where we can't produce the Great War anymore on the level of quality that we want to. We would still be able to produce a version of the Great War in the future, but if you want to see the Great War continue in the foreseeable future, if the time period we cover is enticing to you, if the kind of content that we will outline and the changes that we're going to announce uh, further down in this video, uh, if they're interesting to you, so please consider having a look at the Patreon page, at the new perks that we are, we are offering. Patreon is still the best way for, for you to support us and um, we are going to be eternally grateful if you do so. So, um, with these things being said, um, we are also still going, like, we don't intend to stop, you know, don't misunderstand any any of the ranting I just did and venting uh, that I sometimes need to do for you. It's purely cathartic for the uh, moment. Yeah, uh, we are here to stay and we will continue the show for however long it's viable for us. Um, We think it's important to cover this period, uh, the quote-unquote interwar period. It's super important, super relevant. Um, As I said before, it's rarely covered on on television or on other uh, forms of media. Uh, There's a slew of new research coming out. And uh, with all that we've learned in the past 18 months or even in the past uh, six years, uh, we will make some uh, adjustments. You could call it a soft relaunch for the Great War. Uh, because you know we also don't want to get uh, you know, we want to keep things exciting and go with the times and improve some of the, some of the things. The only constant in history is change, as they say, so poetics. So. well, you know, so uh, so what, what what are we gonna do on the uh, maybe start with the conceptual episode front
1: <laughs> fronts always about fronts. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, we found that uh, like you guys responded well, and we like the more in-depth format that we started in January 2019 with the sort of 20 to 30 minute episodes, it meant we need to be a bit more flexible with the, with the sort of timelines and not really do it, you know, week by week, because that's not quite how the history lends itself to being interpreted.
0: And it would, given the aforementioned chaos, uh, not only in the sources, but in the general timeline be yeah. still quite quite impossible to pull off
1: and some of the regions don 't have as much film footage and pictures yeah. and things, so we have to you know keep that in mind. but basically, we want to keep that core idea yeah. and not mess with that because we feel like that 's kind of really working for us and sort of part of the a main part of the identity of the of the channel now um, but Tony had a pretty cool suggestion that we 're going to start hi Tony behind the camera. Hello um where you know originally I suggested this little roundup idea because we were covering you know focusing on one main topic well what about all the other cool stuff that might happen so we tacked on a little roundup once a month saying oh you know here are a few other things that happened but I think we're going to we're going to make that into its own thing now yeah. where we flesh it out a little bit more so we add a bit of context but we kind of Make sure to keep alive that
0: real-time history yeah, aspect exactly more strongly. Exactly right? 100 years ago, thing. Right. So yeah. So start starting in August for August uh, 1920. You will at some point after this video here drops, uh, we'll see an app a video which is shorter uh, called well, we're not actually sure how it's going to be called, but it's basically going to... Our su- world a hundred years ago, approximately. Yeah, approximately. It will That will summarize the events of uh, August 1920, not just on a military history uh, scale, but also social history. There is a bit of Charlie Chaplin is in there. Uh, the Olympics some sp- are in some there. Some sports and everything. So to give you this kind of like news flash roundup that uh, is going to tell you What else is going on apart from these uh, other two episodes that come out every month that go deep into some of the topics?
1: And we hope that uh, this will also appeal to some people who might want a a bit of a shorter, more like snappy, quick uh, overview of the period. And that way we can kind of cover all of our bases and appeal to as many of you people out there as possible. The, the folks who want the in-depth, in-depth hardcore stuff and the uh, folks out on YouTube who just think it's cool to find out what was going on 100 years ago in five or six minutes or whatever.
0: And we will go back in time as well. You know, we're not only going forward in time. We're actually going to go back uh, and have a look at the January 1919 to July 1920 roundups as well and flesh these out more and upload these as individual episodes. So at some point... Uh, in the future probably sometime next year we will have like another uh, playlist which will give you like the month by month we also are not quite sure if it's only going to be once a month or even twice a month you know there is give us feedback we are open to suggestions there so that at some point you will have a playlist again that gives you give you the global perspective uh, of of these turbulent times as well as the in-depth episodes should we do a foreshadowing now of the of the in-depth episodes that are that are coming up before that for those people who, the 44 foreshadow the four foreshadow uh, before that uh, another important uh, thing that most of you have already seen but i just want to re-announce it is that we made the podcast that we had for our patreons uh, that we made that public now um, so there's an ho- entire backlog of 22 episodes uh, as of this recording where you can enjoy interviews with world war one experts and historians uh, some of them i would say world famous i would definitely say that i mean we've had a couple of the
1: of some of the leading historians in their field about the russian revolution and civil war about the general sort of meta post-war
0: order uh, about german history so yeah we're quite pleased with how that's been going yeah so definitely check out the podcast you can find it on itunes on spotify there's a link in the video description um the interviews are quite uh, and there's also interviews there with world war one historians so we also going to are revisiting some uh, some of these topics there
1: if you're missing the western front the audio podcast will bring it back to you yeah.
0: so um and to all wrap this what we just outlined in a nice nifty package Uh, The Great War will also get a visual overhaul, Um, you know, there will be a new thumbnail design, very sexy new map design, new fonts and everything. Um, Tony will probably show you a few sneak peeks of that uh, right now while I'm talking. Uh, And this will all kick off now in August. So uh, I think you can, we are very excited to show this to you. And I think, um, yeah, this will rejuvenate uh, the Great War channel. In a certain way. That's the plan, right? Yeah. Uh, everything needs
1: a facelift once in a while, and we sort of we cut our teeth in the past uh, year and a half. I think we've, we've you know, settled and found our identity and found uh, a dedicated audience that is into the, the kind of topics that, that we're into now, and so it's going to get uh, a fresh makeover, and uh, voila, we, we hope that you
0: like it. So, What are we going to cover on the channel in the next, like in the rest of 1920 and in 1921, actually? I mean, the planning for
1: 1921 is still ongoing. So don't take uh, all of this as as in stone for 1921. But as far as 1920 goes, we have our kind of roadmap uh, set out. And we're still going to be covering the Russian Civil War because that thing is a monster that keeps evolving over time. When the whites fade away, the peasants rise up. And we haven't really dealt with like Central Asia or Siberia that much or the big intervention in Siberia, especially with U.S. and especially with Japanese troops, who we barely have talked about. Um, We haven't dealt that much with the Balkans, like we haven't really talked about Yugoslavia that much. There's all sorts of fun between them and the Italians and them and the Austrians and the New Republic. And so we're going to try to take a look at that. There's uh, the Polish-Soviet wars coming to an end. It it reaches its high point in August, of course, but then nobody talks about them, but there are more battles after that. There's a war between Poland and Lithuania that breaks out uh, related to that war. Then there's like mega long drawn out peace negotiations where the Poles refuse extra territory, which is like unusual in history so there's all all these kind of things are coming up there's no shortage we're going to revisit the middle east uh, we've already done uh, at least one actually no if you include the greco-turkish war we've done quite a few so that whole situation the creation basically of the modern middle east is going on um, very important and I'm still forgetting some of them for yeah, very sure.
0: important according to the views that's like one of the one of the if not the most uh, important topic uh, for this year uh, we will revisit Ireland of course yes
1: more than once because that conflict as well changes nature goes from you know a certain type of conflict that we talked about in the first episode it ratchets up and eventually becomes a civil war and so there's all sorts of stuff going on in Ireland as well no question
0: yeah Um, and uh, towards the end of the year and the next year we will see uh, that we will also include some regions that we haven't covered yet Uh, we have an idea for a Mexico episode actually yeah Uh, We have an idea for a Finland episode. Uh, We recently kind of were made aware of what you could call the prequel to the Winter War of 1940 that I had never heard of. Uh, But we we will see if we can make that work. And in 1921, we want to also see if we can maybe see uh, if we can go to Asia. The warlord period in China is still going on. Indochina is super interesting. Indian independence movement, all sorts of civil unrest.
1: There's uh, the Rift War in North Africa. There's still stuff happening in Russia, like the famous uh, rebellion at uh, Kronstadt Naval Base and so on. So there is absolutely no shortage of wild times yeah. in nineteen.
0: So for some of you out there who like uh, asked the question in January 1919, why are we still here? Why are we still doing that? Um, it's fair to say that the world in 1919, 1920, 1921 and beyond that was far from quiet and qu- far from peaceful. And it's definitely going to be extremely interesting. Uh, and I think we will open quite a few eyes with the kind of topics that we want to cover. And that's definitely something you can be excited for. Now we have covered the, the content front. Uh, let's uh, let It tech- feels very Bolshevik. Everything uh, is a front. Doesn't yeah. matter what, it's a front. Let's uh, t- talk a bit more about what maybe we could best describe as logistics, uh, things behind the, behind the front the lines. The metaphors keep coming. Yeah, I'm impressed. Just, I'm yeah. impressed. Um, so a lot of you will have m- might remember that last fall uh, we launched next to the Great War our first uh, separate project from the Great War. That's like something that when Tony and me decided we want to do our own production company, is like we want to keep doing the Great War, but we also want to have... You know, multiple horses in the race. uh, Second front. Opening a second front. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, And we crowdfunded uh, with a a lot of support from you guys out there uh, 16 Days in Berlin, which uh, was released for the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Berlin. It's a 5-hour, 18-part documentary series about the Battle of Berlin. Um, I think it's fair to say it's the most detailed documentary about this battle ever done that I've ever seen or heard of or seen referred to, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this was big success for us. Um, it allowed us um, to also do, you know, for example, you know, just as a, as a tangential, it allowed us to buy, for example, equipment and do things that we can also then use for the Great War. You know, so it's, there's a synergy between uh, fighting on different fronts. And um, we will do another one of these projects um, in August. there will be another crowdfunding campaign uh bigger better shinier Um, we aren't able to tell you yet how it is called because we don't know yet uh we know the topic but you know all will be revealed in due time
1: the suspense is, is palpable
0: yeah um in the meantime if you want to watch 16 days in berlin Uh, You can do so by visiting our uh, website, realtimehistory.net, and by access to streaming it in the shop. Or you can also watch it on Nebula. So since the beginning of the year, all the episodes so far were sponsored by CuriosityStream uh, slash Nebula. And uh, also all the other episodes this year and probably in 2021 will will have that sponsorship. And... If you remember 10 minutes ago, I was ranting about how the YouTube ecosystem is changing, how we want to kind of break out of the hamster wheel a bit, how it might not be the best place to uh, for history content. And, you know, we want to continue doing YouTube um, and the Great Wall will be will be on YouTube for the foreseeable future. And we'll we will try to always keep it free for everybody to watch because it's an important educational resource. We know a lot of teachers use it. At the same time, we also need to, you know, see what else is going on in the market and how we could maybe uh, where we could find another standing so um, we joined uh, up with other creators out there to have our basically our own platform where we can upload whatever content we want without any restrictions from advertisers and where we don't need to have any ads uh, because the platform is subscription-based and basically supported by the people who are watching it this platform is nebula where you know there's the great war there's other history creators out there uh, there's a lot of other great educational creators on there and i can you know tell you this is the kind of platform that we wish youtube would be on a on a greater scale in terms of like the fairness and how it treats the creators that you know just uh, we still maintain ownership of the content that we upload there uh it's you know very free creatively uh it's a great way to collaborate with with other people and that's why we decided to join up there you can watch 16 days in berlin or on nebula because there we can for example show dead bodies or show some of the uh, advertising unfriendly parts of history and I can tell you the Battle of Berlin is certainly advertising unfriendly. That,
1: that is true. And one thing I, I like about Nebula as well is there's this kind of um, like quality control aspect to it. Not anybody can just throw stuff up on Nebula. Like These people know what they're doing and it's serious creators that do the research, that are trusted, that have a good reputation, that are on the platform. And I think that that's kind of what makes it what it is
0: in a way as yeah. well. Yeah, That's why we like Nebula. That's why our content will be on there. And you know, in the end, I think there is the, the, this bundle with Curiosity Stream. Like, if you go to curiositystream.com slash the Great War, you can sign up for Curiosity Stream. And if you do that via that way, uh, you will get Nebula bun- like a, a Nebula account bundled in with your account. You will get a separate email. You can create a Nebula account and you can watch the documentaries on Curiosity Stream. And you can watch the creator-driven content on nebula we think this is a pretty good offer and it's a more honest way to do like documentaries and to create content for us than youtube is like we if you watch our long-form content on nebula we get paid accordingly um, and the money comes directly from the people who want to watch the content like we don't need to bend over backwards to a piece some kind of like advertisers or something like that and that is something that we like so this will continue in the future and if you sign up uh, for for this bundle you also are directly supporting our work there so just
1: to be clear because i know uh, if people see the sponsorship ads that i speak into the camera for every episode there are two platforms that you get at once right one is CuriosityStream, and that's kind of, it's got all sorts of, let's say, uh, classic documentaries of the TV-style documentaries. And they have history documentaries as well, lots. I, I bought a subscription and I-, I watched them. So you get CuriosityStream, the classic documentaries, and you get Nebula, which is the creator platform, which is where our content is, both The Great War without ads and other projects that we don't put on YouTube.
0: So that's kind of the Cole's notes version of it, if you will. Yeah. So and sorry if this seemed like a sneaky advertisement uh, (laughs) in the middle of an announcement video, but we just wanted to make clear that this is something that a we are convinced about, and we're not just you know doing because we get supposedly showered in money for or or something like that. I wish. Uh, This is like a long-term strategic thing that we're doing, and we just wanted to explain why we're doing it. Um, So yeah. So now we have made clear where the journey is going for, for the great war, for the content of the great war. Um, I just wanted to wrap this up by saying, so what are some things that w- we have planned behind the, behind the scenes as well. Um, one of the things uh, I mentioned at the beginning that we are like producing the great war with like a fraction of the, uh, the man hours that we had available when we were still doing this as employees. Um, and I would like to change that in the, in the future. Like I would like to expand the team to the point where we have, for example, have a dedicated community manager again, which used to be my role, uh, in which I don't have that much time anymore. And I would like to have more engagement with the community and more posts on social media out there. Um, Because, yeah, uh, Twitter, Facebook and all these uh, platforms for all the horrible things they do. They also, uh, I think it's more important than ever that there is some good history content out there as well. And uh, we always liked, you know, we owe our existence to the community and to the engagement with the community. And I would like to go go back to that kind of level of of engagement. we also, like Tony and me said in the beginning when we founded the company, uh, we also want to at some point train the next generation of people um, you know, making content. We, you know, in Germany we have a thing called the, the dual apprenticeship system, uh, where you can basically train someone on the job while he also uh, goes to some form of secondary school. Too long to explain, but in the in the long run, we would like to, you know, also get hand over the torch to the next generation of people, get some fresh ideas in, because I I have the feeling that you know the people who are in their early 20s now, um, who are also interested in history and in production, I think they could bring in a lot of ideas that we as uh, you know uh, comparably more mature and older uh, creators slightly Uh, just only slightly uh uh, don't have and i think you know uh, that's like something that we want to do in the future um and we can we we also want to continue and expand what we what we've done in the past 18 months which is you know to pay for the research that we that you know jesse is not the only one researching the episodes we are working together with different editors uh, sometimes also with historians um, and we pay for the research that they're doing, which is for you know, all kinds of horrible reason, not the standard in this industry. And historians are criminally underpaid uh, and have their own problems in academia. as it Especially
1: is. junior historians or historians who've just finished their MA and who you know, aren't on a track to become an academic or whatever. Yeah. So I think that 16 days uh, was a great example for us of how well it worked since we had the budget for that project of having different researchers. And those of you who've watched 16 Days, you saw that, uh, for example, uh, Sophia appeared on camera and brought a whole other perspective from the Russian side of things. And we've also had an intern here for the past couple of months who's contributed a bunch of uh, original ideas, also partly from
0: that younger perspective uh, that, w- that we thought worked really well. So. Yeah. But, and that's always what it boils down to, we can only do that if we, you know, have a more substantial income on Patreon or via the other um, ways to support the Great War Channel. So, if you go to the Patreon page right now, you will see that there's a whole bunch of uh, other new goals. We redesigned the page, made it a bit clearer. And please, 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 if you can, I know 2020 is you know, a tough year economically for some people out there, but if you can, and if if you have it in you, we would really appreciate your support on Patreon out there. It, you know, means that we can continue producing the show on the level that it is now, but, you know, as we outlined in the last 20 or so minutes, we want to make it better and it, the Great War deserves to, you know, to expand, to, to become even greater. And uh, so if you, if you have it in you uh, we would really appreciate your support that's uh, patreon.com slash the great war and yeah I mean it, it is 2020
1: it's crazy there's a pandemic you know people have lost their jobs and we understand that we're not trying to get blood out of a stone if you've been laid off or, or something like yeah. that but with the new Patreon scheme that we have there's a broader range there's like more categories more flexibility for you to give what makes sense for you in your situation. So yes, we appreciate it very much, the support that you've given us so far,
0: and hopefully uh, even more of you will do so in the future. Yeah, and it it means uh, supporting an educational project I think which is fairly unique out there and that will allow people who wanna learn about this time period to learn about it in an in-depth way that I think most schools uh, can't even offer right now so um yeah that was a very long (laughs) video announcement Uh, a lot of lot to unpack um we hope uh you like where the channel is going if you have any feedback for these kind of ideas that we have or, or any feedback for the new kind of content that we will do in the future you know post it in the comments we will tr- we try to read the comments as often as possible jesse is in there there is an account a youtube account called jesse alexander that's actually him that's not a fake as some <laughs> of you have su- suspected <laughs> I <swear it's laughs> really. um uh, we can't give him the blue check mark be- because he hasn't he doesn't have ten thousand subscribers Well, I suppose there's a solution to that waiting to happen, isn't there? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, um, thanks for listening to us here. And uh, we will see you in the next episodes and on social media. And, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support.